Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is MBS Fitness Radio. All right, what's up? We're back with Morgan Cox. Morgan uh, went to high school with me, played football together. Uh, Morgan then went to University of Tennessee and long snapped. And from there, went to the Baltimore Ravens and has been a long snapper in the NFL for 11 total seasons. Mm -hmm. So welcome to MBS Fitness Radio, Morgan. Glad to be on. Cool, dude. So talk to me a little bit. Kind of want to walk through is like your history um, Mm -hmm. in relation to fitness and things that you've done, um, lessons that you've learned. So kind of talk to you, like, when did you first start? When did you first start playing football? Uh, Let's see. I first started playing football in the... Uh, I would have been about fifth grade. Um, I think I was 10 or 11 years old. Um, uh, played for the CYA Bucks. Nice. And, um, yeah, I said, this is actually one of my first practices was, uh, was when I actually went out for long snapper as well. So I've been doing, I've been long snapping just as long as I've been playing football. So you started long snapping right like, away. Like, mm-hmm. like did your dad suggest it or why'd you do that? Well, well I mean, it's not something that like everybody's going to like jump on to go out for. So like the very first practice, you know, the coach, um, Andrew Burris, who was my dentist as well at the time, (laughs) um, asked, you know, basically lined everybody up uh, at practice and gave everybody a shot at long snapping. It was like tryouts. And so, um, I didn't do that good the first time, but you know, as, um, good dad's, do my dad was at the practice um and uh he pulled pulled me aside i was like hey you want to give a shot again i don't know why to this day like he thought to do that or whatever i think he had known a couple long snappers um that played in the nfl or just in general and also just kind of wanted to help me out so i started practicing on the side while everybody else had their turn and um uh he and i started doing a little bit better and the coach just took notice and we're like hey morgan can be our long snapper and so i'd I mean, I was throwing like end over end snaps. I mean, right. listen, I'm not like throwing back laser beams by any stretch of the imagination. But um, yeah, so I picked it up from there, and then I mean, I don't, I've always played football um, since since that time. So uh, as I progressed, I never really started. I would say, like, I mean, I started in seventh grade at ECS at uh, in eighth grade at ECS, but then in high school, I was really the backup. I mean, a little freshman team, but then I didn't actually start until the first game into um, our my junior year would have been your senior year. Start at at long, long snapper, yeah, yeah, um, or or like position wise either. So like, I don't know. Sports for me growing up were were a, an avenue to have fun with my friends, not to like. I, I was I'm a competitive person by nature, but not uber competitive. So like, I didn't go out just to like beat the other guy I went out to really just have fun and that was kind of instilled in me from like t-ball you know like the first question mom and dad asked after after a game was like did you try your best and did you have fun it was never like you know you did this wrong you did this wrong. you could have done this better yeah, let's take you to a film analysis yeah yeah and so um so over time I just I, I you know I, my fitness journey or my you know athletic journey was was filled with fun that's the only way I'd really know or have known to approach it and did you play other sports in middle school and high school yeah and um 
Well, in elementary school, I played soccer. Okay. Like probably every kid does yeah. um, at some point, just really because it involves a lot of running and energy, you know, getting out. And and no equipment, just a ball. And zero equipment, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. so played soccer, a little bit of golf, um, very little tennis. Um, let's see, and then I played baseball. I played t-ball from age four or whatever uh, and through baseball. Um Let's see, and then basketball I played as well. Uh, yeah, and then f- and football, obviously. So, Did you play what, – what sports did you play in high school? Uh, I went out for the baseball team freshman year, but uh, Coach uh, uh, Jim Hines, God rest his soul, um, he told me – he told me, Morgan, he said, I appreciate you coming out, but I think it's best if you focused on football. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my, one of my favorite – I mean, things that anybody's ever told me, but for Coach Hines to, like, you know, uh, tell me that. The thing that, like, makes that so funny that, like, if you didn't, if you don't know who that is, is, like, I don't recall Coach Hines cutting anybody yes. ever <laughs> in the four years that I was there. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, he, yeah, so I went out for baseball. I couldn't hit. I could sort of catch. I couldn't throw. So, like. It, it, again, it was one of those things that, yeah, sure, I was upset about it, but I wasn't, like, just crushed over it. Yeah. So that kind of goes back to, like, my attitude towards things. is like, you know, I I appreciated being able to go out and having the opportunity, but at the same time, I went and played church league ball on Saturdays, and I might as well have been, you know. The MVP. MVP of the league, and I had a great time doing it. I didn't play every day, and I you know, didn't, like, you know, take over my life, but it, I had a lot of fun doing it at the same time. But yes, you're right. You're right. Coach Hines didn't, and you played baseball. You're right. Yeah. So you, you know, um, that, um, in a previous podcast, we were talking about how, um, young athletes nowadays are almost treated like professional athletes in the sense of like pushing them towards specialization yeah. at such a young age, that, that especially in like baseball, soccer, basketball and mm-hmm. volleyball um the nice thing about football is that there's there's only one season there's no aau football mm-hmm. there's no club football mm-hmm. and everybody develops on the same level throughout there's yeah you, you know aside from maybe like what's now come be, becoming a lot bigger is like seven on seven but it's still pretty much the same i yeah. mean like just because the receivers and quarterbacks are getting more work maybe in the seven-on-seven doesn't mean the linemen are falling behind. Like, there's just, like, only one way to play football, and that's, you know, really in the fall. And it Um, kind of forces you to go do some type of other activity. 100%, and which I encourage people to do all the time. I mean, there's tons of studies out there now about not being specialized in one sport. I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time in Baltimore, which is, like, the lacrosse mecca of the world. And I see a lot of kids, the same kind of thing as baseball can be down here is like they can get burned out because it's just all they're doing. There's no break whatsoever because you can play indoor and it's a great sport. It's a fun sport to watch, but at the same time, it just goes back to that specialization. You need to be well-rounded, not only from a, like a a mentally, um, just not doing the same thing for 365 days, but also from physically helps prevent injuries. There's, there's also tons of studies on that about 
playing other sports and how it helps you develop physically and pushes your bodies in ways that one specific sport is not going to, is just not going to do. And same thing, like I relate it to for, for long time. And for me is like, I'm doing the, a repetitive motion over and over and over and over all the time. And so in a lot of ways, I have to reset myself every off season to not, you know, wear out in certain specific areas, um, wrists, elbows, arms, you know, hips. So I have to work in different ways to, to, for my body to not be overused in certain, in certain areas. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I think one of the, um, one of the things that's most impressive about you is, is, is say, how are you in fifth grade? About 10. About 10, 10? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got 25 yeah. years yeah. of playing a sport. Yeah. And sure. like how many, how many kids that we play uh, ball with who were burnt out by the time that they were seniors who, who were good, good players could have gone and played maybe yeah. not D one, but could have gone and played some D two yeah. ball. They were just yeah. like, I'm done. I'm yeah. Tired of it. Yeah. And that, and that, that can happen. I mean, it, uh, again, like we kind of said before is like, it doesn't happen as much in football as much as it is. You know, we, we've always said that football is, is the great meritocracy. Yep. Um, the ultimate meritocracy where you, like what you do on the field is what should determine how far you go in the sport. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you see, you see that over time of like, you know, how are you performing and what are you doing to prepare yourself to perform at your best every week, giving no excuses and just doing your job each week. That's what we always say. Um, when did you first go into the weight room? Like, when, do, do you recall your first weight training experience? I don't, I don't recall my first weight training experience, but, uh, coach Aubrey Boren shout out, uh, was my first weight coach and, um, you know, Coach Bourne was jacked, as yes. you know. I mean, you were in there with him, too. And so, like, we all looked up to him and just, like, you know, every word out of his mouth, he, uh, we wanted to learn more about, about weightlifting and stuff. I'm, I didn't take it as seriously as I should have at the beginning, but um, I do remember, like, being in there and learning the movements and learning just, like, a work ethic. You know, that's right. where your work ethic starts is, like, you're pushing your – like, sports is fun when and you're young – and I mean, it's still fun for me now, but like at the same time, like when you get in the weight room there, there's an element of just training where you, you just have to push yourself in more ways than like, you know, like playing a sport is Yeah, and like there is work involved in, in it. And so I think that was one of my first experiences where like the work was like really, really hard. You know, the, um, I don't remember the exercise name, but we all would grab a 25 or a 45 pound plate and we'd all have to do curls push outs and uh what was it over the head yeah yeah it's yeah just like triceps and stuff yeah it's like a plate yeah we always used to call it session. out yeah it was but it was it was awesome but you know but but it was my first experience with like i'm gonna push myself further than i thought that i could go yeah i got two uh cool stories so uh yeah coach Bourne was my first uh-huh. um and i take that back who's my first real weight mm-hmm. uh strength training uh, strength coach um, when I was at Houston, the, the, the baseball coach did some of the weight training, but he really was like a strength coach. Gotcha. But, um, but a couple of years ago, coach Bourne came to one of our squat bench deadlift clinics. Oh, cool. And it was like, I got to coach and teach the guy yeah. who coached and taught me. <laughs> That's so awesome. I was like, this is a crazy, well, awesome yeah, turnaround that comes around. Um, but I think I think one of the reasons uh, that all of us appreciated Coach Bourne so much 
And I think this is incredibly important for parents to understand, athletes to understand, but specifically coaches to understand, which Coach Bourne was in the weight room getting after it. And we got to see that. And, like, I have a saying is, is like, no fat strength coaches. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because we've all been, like, youth are going to respect adults what they should. And they're going to listen to adults what they tell them to do. Mm Mm-hmm. But you just, there's just something different when you know that coach is going to put out and do the mm. same kind of stuff. And exactly. same thing with me. Like in, in college, I had a coach who was really influential in my life, mm-hmm. um, Coach Randy Grierson. And he he was our strength coach for a while. But like I was willing to put out for Coach G because I knew he he was doing it himself. Like yeah. he was out. He, I would see him in the yeah. morning getting after it versus mm-hmm. like when you have a, like some like overweight coach yeah. yelling at kids, telling yeah. kind of calling them names and telling them to get after it. And you're like, bro, yeah, you're not doing this. Yeah, yeah. Like you haven't, you probably found this on the internet somewhere. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you haven't exercised in 20 years. Right. Like, right. Uh, that, that's a kind of a pet peeve of mine of like coaches who don't take care of themselves physically yeah. yelling at uh, youth Youth athletes yeah. and calling them names for not putting out. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, went through high school. And do you recall what kind of like uh, strength programs you, we did in high school? You know, not, not really, other than just like squat, um, clean, bench. Yeah. I, was, I remember it was like Oly- Olympic. Would that be not Olympic? It would be. Well, we had Olympic elements in there. Oh, I don't ever recall snatching. It. Yeah. But we did hang cleans. Uh, and then we I did the, so, yeah. the, the major movements, yeah. squat, bench. Yeah. Um, I don't ever call it deadlifting. Yeah. We, it, so much of it, from what I recall, too, and, and I think this is what, you know, high school weight rooms can, can and should team workout, team weight rooms should be about, is, was about the teamwork, too. Yeah. It was like pushing the next guy and seeing them push themselves and that kind of thing. So Yeah, it's a nice um, – it's a nice like peer pressure situation. Yeah, uh, well, it can be good and bad. So like yeah. there, there's are those situations where like you're just with someone who's stronger than you, yes. yeah. and then so you do the weight yeah. that they're doing, and you really shouldn't be doing exactly. that, you know. Yeah. But yeah, but th- there is a camaraderie that comes from like doing hard physical things together, mm-hmm. pushing each other, high fiving each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when there's um when there's a uh like a, a component of don't be the weak link. Mm-hmm. If it's like, hey, yeah. like if anyone puts the plate down, we're starting over that exactly. kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All those things are are great. And just seeing somebody improve too. You didn't have to be like, I remember that we celebrated anybody that yep. like showed improvements. It wasn't like, you know, Hall Simmons was squatting over 400 pounds and we, you know, that was cool and, and you know, props to Hall. But yep. at the same time, there were other guys that were making improvements and even maybe bigger improvements to themselves than even just he was. You yeah, know? anyone who's anyone who's making progress, like hey, yeah. that's one that's awesome for them. But two, that's great for us because now we have a we have a bigger, stronger kid on our team that we can you know yes. rely on to exactly. kick ass more better. <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. Um, okay, so then went on to play SEC ball mm-hmm. uh, at University of Tennessee. What was kind of the biggest? We'll, we'll kind of talk to sports first. But what was like the biggest change you saw going from smaller? private high school mm-hmm. to like biggest college stage. Um, I always tell people that the jump from high school to college is a physical one. I had, 
I had a long way to go physically. I I don't I didn't start right when I got to Tennessee. I I was a redshirted first, then I sat the bench my second year, and then I played three years. Yeah, but coming from high school, even as much as I lifted, I I only weighed I only weighed two hundred pounds in high school. That was the heaviest I ever weighed, and I played offensive line. Um, I had the frame to hold it. I just yeah. for whatever reason just like couldn't couldn't uh, gain weight really, um, but. Once I got to college, there was I had to make big strength gains um, in order to feel adequate enough to play. You know, I was I was a good long snapper to be able to stick on the squad, but at the same time, like there's a physical element to college football that you have to keep up, or yep. else you're going to get hurt. And so I, I needed those two years to really develop physically. Um, and so I got in the weight room first year. You know, redshirt years. You know, is it, is it Oh, tough year to focus, really. I should put it that way. It's yeah. like a, but then the second year I realized, okay, well, now they have me on the now they have me on the road. I'm like backup. I'm like the true backup here. Like I might actually have to go I, on the field. I could go in the game. Yeah. So it's like I really kind of started to lock down a lot better of like, all right, I gotta physically develop more, you know, push myself to gain some weight. You know, even if I'm just the backup this year, next year is my time. And yeah. so I need to be ready for that just the same. And so um, I made jumps there. And then uh, I remember specifically like having other guys in the weight room that, that pushed me at Tennessee, the same way that we were talking about it at, um, at ECS. So like there's, there's the team element of, and then you have your friend element that, you know, you have guys that you're, you're kind of equal with in the weight room. Did y'all have uh, weight training groups that you trained mm-hmm. with that group all the time? Like yeah. That was always your crew. Yeah. And it, that, that was, it was usually broken up into position specific stuff. And yeah. so I was always with the specialists and we just had like, we had some pretty strong specialists, guys that I stuck with. And, um, you know, when you see them making gains, like you, that you've got to, you know, keep up the slack, you know, it's yeah. just like not, you don't want to fall behind. And so like, I got a lot of motivation from that, um, pushing myself from that standpoint of, um, you know, and then, and then I started to look towards like, once I got, in the, my second year starting my junior year, uh, sorry, my fourth year, um, I started to like kind of consider like, well, is the NFL a possibility? Um, cause up to that point, I just like, I've just was excited to be at Tennessee, you know, right. I'm just kind of the guy that's always smiling in the facility. I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. Um, and then I start looking up like, what do I need to look like? What does a NFL long snapper need to be like in order to make it? And so like, you know, I kind of set some goals for myself um, in that year and then my going into my senior year as well. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, jump from high school to college is a physical one. And so I had – I was a, a stick. <laughs> uh, Coach Fulmer likes to say when I got to Tennessee, all I had was a big butt. <laughs> and so – and so he he uh, still loves to tell that to this day, and and so I, I you know, developed and um, into a SEC snapper um, by my third year, and so that was it was it was all due to you know getting myself in the weight room, pushing myself not only you know in the weight room but otherwise you know in in uh, nutrition nutrition wise, which I still am fighting that battle. Um, yeah, I want to hit on that in a second. Um, <laughs> Did, did anything change? Like, uh, what was the change in, like, the actual weight training approach, like weight room from mm-hmm. going from ECS to college? I, I, I don't remember, like, me personally, I don't remember a huge 
there was some more complex movements yeah. for sure. But I remember I had teammates that had really never lifted a weight before. Right. So I felt like I was ahead of the game coming from Coach Boren's weight room into the Tennessee weight room and just like seeing like seeing these exercises that I've done before or I at least have some general knowledge of like what the form should look like. Yeah. Um there were I think we we did like snatch and and uh front um front squat front squat and and those are a couple of things that I remember off the top of my head that that um were somewhat new to me um but also I learned about kind of like the accessory movement or core movement. Yeah. A lot of um uh, Swiss ball stuff was yeah. introduced. Um, plyo stuff was introduced. I remember we did that at, at tennis. I mean, at, at ECS as well. We we scraped many a shin on those wooden boxes, but um, just being more complex and yeah. and uh, well, running can, program too was a big difference. Like the, yeah, yeah. The, the conditioning piece yes. and the, and the, and the, um, the speed work. Whole different ball game there. Yeah, I, when uh, what I kind of noticed is or what I kind of tell people is you know when you make the jump from high school to college Mm -hmm. you go from being the biggest strongest fastest kid on your team Mm -hmm. to just being one of a bunch of people who are big strong and fast yeah and so that there's like this big giant jump where like everyone like everyone you go against is the best person you Mm -hmm. ever went against in, in high school correct and so there's um there's this like instantaneous jump in in uh skill level yeah um, and what I, what I have noticed the difference between like D two ball, D one double and then, and then D one ball, um, is then just size, mm-hmm. meaning like you'll have linemen and D two ball, six foot, six, two, 300. And then in D one ball, you've got six, three to six, six, three fifteen to three twenty. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You'll get some like still the same speed receivers. Mm-hmm. Five eight to five ten, yeah. And then in college, you're gonna get like yeah, six foot six two, and then and then the and f- a little bit of extra gear, yeah. And, <laughs> and you're gonna get a couple of those extra freaks, right? The ones are just like true, like this is a future NFL yeah. guy. You're just yeah. not typically gonna get those in D two, yeah. Um, but like in 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 D one, you're gonna get a couple of those guys. Like, oh my totally gosh, this yeah. dude's a complete freak. I mean, I remember like one of my first practices and going in at, at Snapper, they kind of gave me a you know like. Hey, welcome to <laughs> welcome to <laughs> welcome to the University of Tennessee. <laughs> and I snapped the ball, and the guy like, like I'm like trying to catch the guy as as he's running by me to block him. And then the next rep was, all right, you got to go cover. I didn't make it like two yards down the field, dude. Like completely locked me down. Yeah. And I even asked him after I was like, was that even remotely hard? And he was like, no, no, it wasn't. So that's it. Like when you're 18 versus going against a 22 year old, yeah. there's a big, yeah. there's a big, um, maturity development there. Just like, you've got that many more years of just like hormones, yeah. maturity growth in you mm-hmm. plus four to five years of like higher, better nutrition, better training. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was a running back and I'm a long snapper. <laughs> you know? yeah. It was, there was a considerable skill difference yeah, that, like, that would have never been overcome no matter how much, <laughs> uh, training I did. For right. It. Um, yeah, it was. It's crazy to think when I was at LSU, like watching these guys come in who are five star recruits, amazing athletes, never stepped foot in the weight room. Correct, no clue, and like mm-hmm. uncoordinated as could possibly be in mm-hmm. the weight room too. Like, yeah, very good, do amazing things on the field. Can't coordinate their bodies under mm-hmm. a bar, but they picked it, it up quick. Yeah, I, I was mean, gonna say, and, there, and to me that 
that like just speaks to their potential right. of where they could go is like you might have a guy that's that's been in the weight room and understands the movements and stuff and he's pushing a certain amount of weight but i mean i saw plenty of freaks that like came in and they were they had the worst form ever but they were you know squatting more than the other guy will you know fine tune that technique and they're right. limitless basically and that's what like when you get that five years underneath that exactly and then you're like oh wow okay yeah okay <laughs> yeah we had m- many guys like that and you got guys who you know uh in three to four years of weight training are benching double body weight or more correct yeah and then you know we have we have people who have been doing it for decades in here that will never hit yeah <laughs> we, double body we, weight we, bench press we had an offensive lineman still a good friend of mine to to this day um jock mcclennan came in and like he i think he went to school in, at baylor um in chattanooga and he came in and he set the bench record like within a year or something like that and he <laughs> and he's a 300 pound guy and he benched double his body yeah. weight. it's like wow. okay yeah. yeah that's that's bonkers yeah um well so you kind of hit on nutrition um how did nutrition change from high school to college so um i'll give you well i'll give you like the, the full wide span when i was in high school my dad used to make shakes at night for yeah. me and then those shakes were like ice cream snickers <laughs> peanut butter like just straight 2000 calories of sugar. <laughs> yeah. 2000 calories of sugar. Whereas I made a shake earlier, you know, the one that, you know, we, we had talked about banana and spinach and yeah. protein, you know, powder and, uh, whatever. <laughs> what o- else? Oatmeal. oatmeal. Yeah. Oatmeal. Yeah. Just like it, like that's the development over time. Now from high school to college, um, there was, there was a difference. I mean, in, in the, um, was we go to the training table where yeah. they had specific stuff set out for us. They wanted us to eat certain things. You, know, you still found your little pockets of like unhealthiness yeah. when you're going through there. But like my attitude always was like, I'm just going to try and eat a whole lot and gain weight that way. Yeah. What I wish I had set in for me at the time was you can also like gaining weight in the weight, like you can gain weight in the weight room by like how hard you push yourself. And it's not that I wasn't necessarily pushing myself, probably not in the right ways. Um, but I found at Tennessee, I figured out late, late at Tennessee that like nutrition makes a big difference in terms of like how, how you can push your body. And, um, you can't just like, I learned that you can't just eat your way to more weight. Yeah. Like, you can. You can. It's just I not shouldn't there. say that. It's just <laughs> oh, like but you from can. from a from an athletic standpoint, the weight that I wanted to gain was not going to be gained just in the cafeteria. Yeah. I had to put it on um in the weight in the weight room as well. Did y'all have a a nutrition coach that worked with y'all? Do you recall that at all? Yeah, we it was um uh Allison Maurer. She came on, I wanna say my fourth or fifth year, and that's when I really started to like okay, nutrition is a lot bigger thing than just eating a whole bunch of, like, yeah. you know, potatoes and, and uh, red meat. Yeah, and it's interesting how, like, things trickle down. Because now every NFL program has a nutrition program, yeah. uh, has a nutrition or mm-hmm. dietitian that dietitian. works with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of trickled down into college. Mm-hmm. but And it's now trickling down into high school. Mm-hmm. But 
Like you didn't you didn't have a nutrition coach at college until almost your yeah. senior year. Yeah, it took a while, and even now it's more like when I go back to Tennessee. Now it's it's way more like developed. The program is way more developed. I don't think Allison's there anymore, but like, I mean, now there's like four or five people in there, you know, setting out meals or setting yeah. out snacks stuff for like the guys to go and get. And this this at Tennessee, you know, they you know they've got all the resources available at their expo- uh, at their disposal. But, um, yeah, they have, like, a whole bar that's, like, literally right off of the weight room where yeah, so. as soon as you get finished, you walk in and you've got, like, a custom shake yep. that you want, like, whatever's, you know, whatever you your body needs at the time. If you need to lose weight, it's, you know, yeah. it's probably more leafy stuff. Whereas, yeah. like, if you need to gain weight or you need more protein or whatever, um it's it's so customized and that like and that kind of that happened at, at, in Baltimore as well where um Sarah Snyder came in last year where she um she really changed the whole dynamic of of nutrition it really in the entire building because prior to that um it was really somebody that was just kind of like upstairs that was that was doing most of the the decision making with with regards to food and so then Sarah comes in and, and really kind of fine tuned everything uh, to the point that to the point that we were like eating so much better, the food quality is so much better, the protein was so much better. We had somebody that we could go to, sit down with, meet with, and basically say, uh, you know, this is what you need in order for you to be at your best. Um, this is what you should eat on uh, during the week on game days. What your post. Uh, practice snack should be is what you're post you know she was like i mean in every sense a professional of just like a, a weight training coach or giving exactly you, hey, this is what yeah. you need to do yeah these are the things you have to do in order to like meet your goals and stuff yeah. and we had um you know uh in in baltimore now they have a, an actual uh, a dexa scanner yeah they had an in-body which was very i was on that every every friday or every or no, once a month, and then we, we we weighed in every every week. But then, you know, th- they actually bring in they brought in a, a DEXA scanner to where like we can do that at, however many times once a month I think as well. And they actually bring in somebody each each month in order to like scan scan yeah. somebody. So it's important to know what your body's composition is. Like I know down to like into the season what my body's going to look like preseason you know after like during off-season workouts and stuff like that so it's very fine-tuned now yeah and it's, it's helping them kind of and, and you kind of track like it, or um, catch things before they become a big deal like if Correct. you if you end up losing like if you lose five percent of your muscle mass like oops that, that's not a good thing mm-hmm. what do we need to do to kind of adjust this are you are you over training you under training mm-hmm. what do we need to do nutrition wise they can it, it's um, it's just another tool in the toolbox and another metric that they can kind of mm-hmm. track and adjust and and all that. I, I kind of um, one thing I ask all the um, all the high school athletes that come in here is how many of your friends follow like a good nutrition program? And like mm-hmm. across the board, it's always zero. Zero. And I always yeah. say, hey, look, like all you guys are playing ball. Most of you guys are are doing weight training. A lot of you can't afford to come and and mm-hmm. have like a personal strength coach or go to get like a personal skill session. The one thing none of y'all are doing is eating right. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, and then that can be like, like you're just kind of young and invincible in, in a sense. I mean, like I yeah. remember being that way. You can kind of, you feel like you can eat whatever you want, but if you start those habits at that time, they're much easier 
it's much easier down the road when like I don't know. Yeah, you can. Not, I can't speak from experience, but like walking through Kroger and you see in like a, a a poncho's dip, and you're like, <laughs> it's calling my name. Yeah, you know. But you can absolutely get away with it in high school, correct? And usually in college, mm-hmm. but it's it's once this reality is once you get older, like you just mm-hmm. can't get away with all those mm-hmm. things. I find like most most high school athletes that I know are undernourished. They don't eat enough. They just mm-hmm. skip breakfast. Um, have like chips and a sandwich or something for lunch. Then they'll have like Taco Bell after school. Then they have a good dinner. Like their yeah. mom makes dinner, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, or they're they're undernourished, but they're overeating calories and like mm-hmm. bad calories during Taco Bell, snacking on on you know little debbies and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then in college, at that point, you kind of like going through two days, going through like a year round program, you kind of realize like, I got to get the calories in. Mm-hmm. And then kind of what happened to me and like a lot of uh, athletes I've seen in college was okay. Well then you, you get the calories in now, but they're just complete crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can get away with it mm-hmm. just because you're 18 to 22. Yeah. And w- one, one big part that I'm beginning to understand too, about, about nutrition and just, in sport in general is like recovery. And I don't know if this is a totally different topic for you, but like, to me, it's kind of all, all part is like, how, how does your body recover? And so whether that be like cold tub, hot tub, um, just rest in general, compression, whatever, but like nutrition also plays a huge part. Like, are you, are you filling yourself with stuff that's going to aid your recovery? Yeah. Um, I mean, it really doesn't matter if you're a serious athlete or just, you know, a guy, you know, you know, uh, working. You're a human. You got to perform. Yeah. If you're sitting down, and, uh, if you're, even if you're sitting at a desk job or whatever, you still need your body to recover and you don't want it to be, you know, I, I don't really know how to put it. Just like eating, eating itself, you know, yeah. like you want to be, you want your muscles to be fed and blood flow to, to, um, be as efficient as possible. And that's how you get the best recovery. That's how you feel best and wake up, um, the best every day. Yeah. Puts you in, a, in the right mindset, the right yeah. mood. Mm-hmm. Your mind works well. I'm not perfect. Like, I, believe me, like after the season and even during the season, sometimes I'm, you know, there's, there's uh comfort food that, yeah. that just helps you get through mentally. Sometimes. But that, I think the thing is like, if you're base, if your foundation, if 90%, 90% of what you're doing is eating mm-hmm. the good stuff, then the other yeah. 10% doesn't make a difference. Agreed, yeah. But if, if your foundation is bad stuff, then mm-hmm. that's what you're going to get. I mean, I, th- I mean, I, I, I'm not a professional by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, but everybody says like the cheat day is like, and I don't know if it's like chemically or biologically like a real thing, but from mentally, from a standpoint, when you put yourself on such a strict, you know, or not even strict, but just like a disciplined diet, there's just times where like, you know, you just want some pizza or you want some, uh, uh, ice cream or whatever else. Oh yeah. For me, it's, Chips and cheese dip, you know. I just gotta have some. I gotta have some ponchos every once in a while. cheese dip. Yeah. Now the the, the cheat day is a great physical and mental kind of boost, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of like if you notice, okay, if I'm eating pretty clean, and I have one of those, like you feel better the next day. Mm-hmm. But if you have three or four of those back to back, then you start feeling sluggish again. Yeah. Like the most epic cheese days or cheat days are was the rock days. cheese days. I, those are mine. Um, or the rocks cheat days. I don't know if, if you've oh, ever yeah. seen his got like six pizzas and he's like three doing, boxes of donuts. He's doing like 10,000 calories. Yeah. Bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So went through UT mm-hmm. and then you get signed by the Baltimore, uh, 
uh, Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, you come in. What was the biggest change you saw, like going from college to pros? So high school to college is physical. College to pros is mental. Um, because now it's your job. Right. Somebody's paying you um, to do a certain job, and they don't care. You know, you got to get the job done. Right. Um, there are no excuses. You just have to do your job. Um, and so that, that for me was a big realization. Let's see. It was after my like second or third game. I already won the job. I'd gone through OTAs and stuff and my attitude in OTAs, um, to backtrack a little bit, my attitude in OTAs was just like, make it to the next day. Yeah. Um, when I, when I got to the Baltimore Ravens, I had a feeling that I could compete. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get game film, which is what I mean by that is like playing, playing in a preseason game because that's so big to NFL teams and just so they're not like flying blind like the okay we've got at least something to go on here a reason to bring him in and so I wanted game tape so um just in order to like bite off pieces that I could chew yeah. I said this is what I want to do I'm not trying to win the job the first day I just want to be consistent all the way through and so I was doing that and then I won the job after the first it was after the first preseason game they helped, they gave me the whole preseason game and then they um, uh, parted ways with the other guy that I was competing with. So it was, so it was my job. I had to get, you know, tuned up and ready to go through the rest of training camp. I got in to see um, – the first game was on Monday night. So my, my very first NFL games on Monday night, we had a lightning delay. Who would y'all play? The New York Jets Okay, in the Meadowlands. Nice. Yeah, in the Meadowlands. And um, so we go through that game, and I'm still just so green that, like – it's hard for me to even understand what's happening. Like I'm, I'm on Monday night football. Yeah. Watch Monday night, you know, my whole life. Right. And it was just hard for me to even grasp the moment, what I was in, what I was in and what I was doing. The game ended like nine to 10. And like for, you know, like I said, looking back, I don't even remember thinking about anything yeah. other than just like, Holy crap. Oh my gosh. I'm playing <laughs> NFL football. Um, but, but then, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks into that first season and I'm like sitting in my, you know, one bedroom apartment in Baltimore. And I just come from college where I'm surrounded by my friends at all times, you know, and typically in college, there's just a lot of response. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. You got to go to class or you got to do this or do that. Or there's, you know, there's a hangout or something like that. Well, I get to Baltimore and I'm sitting in my apartment by myself and I just feel like I'm missing something. Like I'm, I feel like I was like, Am I supposed to be going to class right now? Am I I'm like I feel like I'm supposed to be? Am I missing a meeting? Like yeah. I was constantly, constantly scared to death that I was missing a meeting and I was going to get fined like fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> or whatever the fine is. And so, and then and then just kind of the reality of the situation was setting in. Like I was being paid a whole lot of money to do a job perfectly every time. Yeah. And so um, it took it, it took me a little bit to kind of come down off of that. Like. Listen, you've trained for at that time. It was let's see, I was I was twenty four. So, how long is that? Fourteen years. Math. Fourteen years. Yeah. Um, trained for fourteen years for this particular particular moment. You know, basically stop panicking. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so um, went went through uh, rookie season. Fine, got injured. Had to come back from that, but um, tore my tore my ACL in week sixteen, which is like is a really tough time as well. And I can go into that. Um, I tore my ACL um, December 26th and had surgery and then basically had three months by myself up in Baltimore where I had to rehab and, and 
and rehab is a lonely existence as it is. Yeah. Um, but then being isolated in a city and, you know, by yourself is just, is really tough. But you had to do it up in Baltimore I did have for until, until March, it was like March 3rd because we went into a lockout that year. So I came back, I came back home and it was, it got better because I was around people, you know, that you that around you, people, yeah. like, I, like literally just around people. Yeah. Um, whereas up in Baltimore, I really didn't know anybody. I wasn't doing much, but, um, yeah. So I went, uh, you know, went through, went through that, came back the next season and uh, I, I tore my ACL again four years later and had to come back from same game. ACL. No other ACL. Yeah. So I've, I got two new knees and, um, anyway, so came back from that and that was, that one was actually tougher injury to come back from because I did more damage to my right knee than I did my left knee, which was first. And, um, and so it was just a, it was just a grind, but I've kind of going back to what, like circling back to the, the days with coach Bourne, I, when I started to learn to like do things that were hard, that would eventually pay off is like that kind of came back into my mind of like, I got to push myself to get back on the field. Is there anything you feel like you could have done to prevent the ACL tear? Cause there's, there's contact injuries that mm-hmm. are unavoidable. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's the, injuries that are somewhat avoidable. So yeah. like, how do you feel about the second ACL for sure? The first ACL, um, the only thing that I could have done differently was at least looking back. And I don't know if this is actually true or not, but like I had changed into seven stud cleats, um, for my, uh, for the December 26 game because, uh, Cleveland's field was like mush. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'd, I might as well put on the, the thick studs yeah. to run around there. Um, looking back, I didn't need them. I could have, been, I would have been fine with just the regular cleats, but you normally do the molded. Normally do the molded, yeah. And so, like, basically, my foot was stuck in the ground, and on the field goal uh, to the two defensive linemen fell on top of the offensive lineman. Yeah, he lost his footing and fell on top of me. So it was a contact injury. Yeah. Um. So other than changing my cleats, there's not much physically that I could have done. Yeah. Looking back on my right ACL, I definitely think I was deficient in some areas. Okay um that led to instability and you know my knee shifted how did you, know, you tear that one we did, did running you, down on a punt i was running down on a punt i was on i was on like a an older turf field yeah playing like astro turf or actual field turf actual field turf but it was old field turf yeah. i think it was towards the end of its life cycle or yeah. however you say that but um planted on it and was trying to change directions and i was trying to um tackle devin hester who is one of the greatest <laughs> returners and right NFL history, so he, he's he's injured many. Uh, he, yes, I'm sure he's broken many ankles. Um, but I, um, yeah, so I planted, my knee shifted, and I knew it right away yeah. as soon as I went down. But, um, okay, so what was the biggest change you saw, like in the weight room from college to NFL? Um, the 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 approach that you take is is um becomes less team oriented. It is team oriented still, but it's more individual. Like, like I said before, it's your job. You've got to be able to do your job to the best of your ability. And if you don't football is the ultimate meritocracy, you're going to, you're going to be out pretty quick. So it becomes a much more of individual based. Like I've got to get better for myself and for my family to be able to provide. Um, 
And so it's just a, it's a different, it's a different mindset. I don't really know how else to explain it other than that, but you have to push yourself to be at your best at all times. And yeah, and that, that is, you're treated more like a grown up. like, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where in, in college, you're not necessarily, it's not, you're not necessarily not a grown up, but you're just, you know, it's much, it's still more about the team. Yeah. And so you're pushing yourself because you're, you know, your teammates around you are, are helping push you and you're pushing them. Yeah. Um, and your coach is telling you to do that. Whereas, yeah. like in in the professional leagues, you like your coach is not telling you to do that. Yeah, you are having yeah. to tell yourself to do that. You're also in college at college almost the entire year. Yes, like correct. You, you, yeah, correct. You get the the whatever two week summer yeah. break, and then you're back in back. Yeah, in your school. your scenery changes in uh, in in the professional. So, like during the season, you know, or or in the weight room at, at, at uh, in Baltimore but then as soon as the last game hits I come back to to Memphis and you know for a while I was doing my own training at you know 24 hour fitness um uh centers and I just didn't feel as adequate uh, that that was adequate enough and then um what was it 2 years ago 3 years ago we this is you our and third I, off season yeah yeah so, so we've done two so I reached out to you because you know, later in later years in in the league, like I I just I needed more I needed more focused work. Yeah, and like I kind of felt like when I look back now, especially the work that we've done here, I look back now and I see like I was kind of just getting by. You know, I was doing okay, and I and I would get to the I would get to the um the season and 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 still be snapping well. But I mean, like like I said, like these last two years, the last two seasons, I felt much more kind of at peace going into training camp. Like I've done everything that I can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and so much of so much of it too is accountability as well. It's like, it's not easy to admit, but when I, before, you know, I would go work out, but it might be at, you know, I don't know. It might be at 8am. It might be at, at 8pm. There yeah. was no like set, you know, different responsibilities, but now um, we have a set time. Each week, each each day, I can count on it. There's no other distractions other than that. Obviously, there are scheduling conflicts occasionally, but you and I are in here um, x number of days a week and x time a week, and it's that that's what it's about. Is it's about the work. Yeah, and you you just have to, you have to focus on showing up and mm-hmm. doing the work. And mm-hmm. I I make sure well, I, you know, the accountability is making sure you get here. You mm-hmm. know, like hey, bud, we're training yeah. this time. Uh, four four texts and four emails I got this morning exactly. are my accountability. <laughs> um, creating the program, correct. Uh, having a little bit more of an objective kind of point of view, mm-hmm. um, and kind of um, there's a directive to it. So one thing that I would say about my years past was like I go in and like okay, what do I feel like doing today? Or like or I maybe maybe I would set it up for the week. Or like this would be the day. Like Monday was a arm day, and I'd just go get you know, crush my arms for a while. Yeah. I get the pump and then I'd leave or whatever. Whereas like now, like I I looked over our schedule, you know, or, uh, from that's in, that's in the app or whatever. And I can see like this, this is the progression that we're going to have over our, uh, what is it? 12 weeks or something. Yeah. I wrote a 16 week off 16 week off season. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I can see the progression of like where we're, where we're going and where we have to start. You got to build the base and then, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's just having a team approach. It's correct. It's, you, yeah, you know, you and I are focused on helping you yeah. prepare you for the next season versus yeah. you just kind of doing it on your own. Just like 
you'd have for everything else in football. Uh-huh. And that's a better way. That's a better way of putting it. I said it wasn't, it was an individual approach before, but like, like um, it, it is from a standpoint of like, like the Ravens are the Ravens and Tennessee. It was the team approach at Tennessee. Yeah. Whereas like here I have, I find my own team and surround myself with You're my right. own team. And I, and I think, like I said before, I was kind of going at it as an individual basis. And now I've kind of like with you and, with MBS, I found like a team to like help push me. Right, a lot much better going into the season. Um, so last two seasons went to the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. So that's four to- total Pro Bowls. Four total Pro Bowls. The last two seasons were the first year that that long snappers were actually voted in. Mm-hmm. Previously, what was it? Previously, you would have the coaching staff would be selected by basically the the best um, regular season record after the divisional round of the playoffs that sounds complicated but basically yeah. the coaching staff that coached the pro bowl would select you it was an honor to be selected those first two times by the chiefs they were um they we went to hawaii and then to disney world um and then two two seasons ago we i kind of talked with a few of the other long snappers around the league like hey um this would be pretty cool if we could get on the ballot we're not asking for a lot just like we don't have to be on the fan voting or anything like that. We just want to be feel like we got, you know, elected to the Pro Bowl by other NFL by, players. By other NFL players and even more specifically snappers and coaches right. or, or specialists and coaches. Yep. Like you, there's there's the, the the voting for the Pro Bowl, you want it to feel like um your peers are selecting you to a certain uh to that position, to that kind of high position. Right. So that's um the first two were great. I got selected by that coaching staff and it was amazing. But then the second two, the last two that I've gotten, I feel most proud of because, you know, it was my peers that were looking at my film and said, we want you to represent us yeah. in the Pro Bowl. And this past year, you were all pro, which means best in the league. That that would, yeah. So in all pro, that was another thing that we got instituted. This was the first year for all pro. Um, all pro is elected a little differently. There are 50 members of the media, including like uh, coaches, uh, first one that comes to mind is like Tony Dungy and guys like that that yeah. are in the media that know football, watch it all the time. That's how all pro is, is um, selected. There's only like in pro bowl, there's AFC and NFC and yeah. each in, in each side votes for their side of long snappers. Yeah. Whereas all pro is you have two representatives from each position, I believe. Um, and only those two, and it doesn't matter AFC or NFC. It's like, these are, these two are the best, the people that we perceive as the best yeah. at their positions. And I got elected first team. So what, it, uh, so, th- you know, that's your 10th or sorry, ninth and 10th year. Did you just play your 11th? I just played my 11th. Right, so that's your 10th so and 11th, 11th year. year. Yeah. 10th and 11th year, best years you've had. Yeah. What do you feel like physically? How, how, how have you been able to do that? Like what's, what's allowed you to kind of still perform or perform at even a higher level than when you, we're three starting NBS. I love it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, but it, it kind of goes back to what I said before is going into the season, these past two seasons, I felt more prepared than I, than I ever have in seasons before. And I'm not NBS. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not coming into the season. Like, did I do enough? Yeah. I, I you and I had a program. We stuck to it and I went into it going, okay, I've done everything that I can do to be prepared for this training camp. Whereas like in previous years, 
Uh, I was going at it on an individual basis. Like, well, should I, should I have done this? Should I have done that? Am I in shape? Am I strong enough? You know, it turned out fine, but you know, now I see that there's much more peace at, at, at ex- basically exhausting all resources going into the season. And you're setting yourself up, but I mean, like you're at your highest potential at that point. Correct. Like yeah. you, you're at your, you've done everything possible to be at, at your best. And then Correct. that knowing that builds, you already have the physical ability, but it also mm-hmm. helps build the mental. Uh, and, I, and I can almost give uh, like a concrete example. I remember before we started working, I would go into off season workouts in Baltimore and we would have like sled pushes, sled push days. I dreaded that sled push days. I mean, I was, I mean, as close to throwing up as I ever have been on, on our sled push days, because I mean, just the reality of the situation is like, they're hard. They're really hard. And like, I'm a long snapper and I get grouped with tight ends who are, you know, six, six to 70 or whatever. And they, they can do it like it's nothing. And I'm expected to, or I expect myself to compete at that same, you know, <laughs> as close to as I can come right. at the same level. And then, and so I, I was dying. I mean, I have jokes. I still have running jokes with my old weight coaches about how pitiful I looked on those sled days. Well, then fast forward, we were working um, the first off season that you and I worked. I went into those off season workouts and normally those sled push days were on like a Thursday or whatever. Well, I remember uh, we, we ch- he changed it up to, to do it on a, on a Wednesday. And I went through this whole sled push day and like, I was the, one of the only guys standing up and walking away from it. Everybody else was like laid out. And I was like, man, that was kind of a rough day. So wait, when is sled push day? And he was like, we just did it. Yeah. I was like, Oh, cool. Okay. Like, great. I feel great. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> so, as like, bad as I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that to me kind of what is a, is a perfect indication of like where I was before having a structured, you know, resource filled team. Yeah. Versus now. Very cool. Um, all right. Last thing you won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What year? Uh, 2012 season, February 3rd, 2013 was when the game was played. Lights went out. Beyonce performed at halftime. Ray Lewis last game. Couple storylines there. That's awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was the uh, lights out. Oh wait, what was that? The Justin no. Timberlake? No, 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 okay. no. Beyonce. It was Beyonce, only Beyonce. 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 Yeah. Okay, got you. She that's waved awesome. at me at halftime. No big deal. Oh wow, that's yeah. just, uh, <laughs> don't still learn that. Uh, <laughs> what uh, just ex- describe that experience because I think the. Um, that's there's only like a handful of people that have ever done that. Sure. Like when you think of like all human history, <laughs> there's literally only like yeah. a couple thousand people that have done yeah. that. So what what was that experience like? Um it was I mean, going into it, it was kind of I mean like I would say going back to like my, my first year, that first game, there there was a there's an element where you're just trying to like like hang on. Like you just can't even believe that it's happening and then it you're there and going into the game, um, I really wasn't all, like, crazy nervous because I think there were, like I said, there, I was just, like, barely understood what was happening. But then, to be honest with you, the lights went out, and I kind of got a chance to, like, look around and go, and I'm in the Superdome at, down in New Orleans, and I'm seeing, like, you know, Super Bowl signs everywhere. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm here. Yeah. And then Ray Lewis comes walking up. I'm, like, playing catch with, like, Sam and Justin, my um, – 
punter and uh, kicker. And Ray Lewis walks up, and it's, it's his last game, and he starts wanting to play catch with us. And I'm like, okay. And so <laughs> I just kind of started feeling the weight of the moment yeah. in the middle of the game. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily overwhelming as much as it was just like a really cool moment. Um, yeah. Now, fast forward in the game, we had um, a, a moment where they were potentially going to go up by two points, I think, and we would have we would have had enough time to drive down and kick a field goal, and that was a little bit overwhelming. It, and so I was doing a lot of breathing exercises. Turns out our defense held. It was all good, but I did snap. We, we, we um, strategically took a safety on punt in order to be able to punt them further out of our end zone. Um, and I was out there for the second to last snap of the game, which was pretty unbelievable. And then, you know, the confetti falls down and, you know, you're just kind of, you've reached the pinnacle of, of the sport basically. Yeah. And, and everybody's crying. My family runs on the field. My brother was the first one to reach me because uh, little did I know at the time he was running from a police officer because <laughs> he said supposedly wasn't supposed to be out there, but he, he had a pass, but he just like, couldn't produce it for some reason. <laughs> and he said, well, you're going to have to catch me. So <laughs> he took off running. That's awesome. And uh, he, like, jumped in my arms. And the police officer, like, he had, like, my jersey on. Obviously, I was wearing my jersey. Yeah. And police yeah. officer was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And just walked off. But it was just a really – it was an amazing moment. And then the, the whole ceremony afterwards was awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And then parade. And, I mean, there's just, like – you don't st- – I, I can see where the Super Bowl hangover happens because, like – you just don't stop celebrating it. I mean, because even in the middle of June, we go to the White House and we um, get our rings and you yeah. cel- you kind of celebrate it all over again. Yeah. And so, um, but it, it's, it was just an unbelievable experience. experience. I, I bet, man. That's awesome. All right, Morgan, thanks for being on NBS Fitness Radio. Yeah. And let's go train. That's right. All right, buddy. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.